Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome along to the Huddle Breakdown and they're here with you in the company of Juco James and Alan Morrison. And at the end of last week's podcast, ahead of the Scottish Cup final, I said that by this time next week, we may not have a manager. We got to Tuesday and Celtic no longer have a manager as Ange Postacoglu departs the club to join Tottenham Hotspur in the Premier League. The reaction has been mixed to this, James, as we probably expected. A lot of people angry at his use of Tommy Burns quotes at the weekend. A lot of people saying that he should have told them before the Scottish Cup. The usual crack going on Twitter, tit for tat. People aren't happy. People were never going to be happy. We all knew this day was coming. And I feel deep down that the reason that people are angry or annoyed has nothing really to do with the manner in which he left, more so than the fact that none of us wanted him to leave. I think, yeah, I think it was um, a very reasonable outpouring of emotion. And when we get emotional, we we can uh, say all kinds of you know, nonsensical things. Um, And and I certainly include myself in that. Um, So, yeah, it's, I I think he's an incredibly talented individual and part of those talents are playing the role when he goes into a football club. Um, And I don't mean that in a cynical way. I think, uh, I think Brendan Rogers was probably a little bit more tilted on this, on the spectrum of uh, towards cynicism. Um, so I, I, I think Ange, again, this is just my read on him is a, is a relatively genuine guy. Um, but he was playing a role and, and part of playing that role in modern football is, um, you know, part of, of, of playing an entertainment job. And, and, um, so he, he played that role very well and people bought in and, you know, I think the part of the authenticity was his personal story, the personal narrative, all of which I, you know, is true, obviously, and relatable. And so I, I think part of that ended up in an unreasonable projection and expectation from some supporters onto him. Um, and I think some of that came crumbling down as a result of this. And, you know, that's disappointing, understandably. And, um, 
can be quite emotional. Um, but I, you know, Alan and I have been talking about this for the last few weeks, you know, some of our Pike's, uh, pop psychiatry, uh, attempts in trying to read them. And uh, I put this on Twitter. I mean, to me, so ever since I saw his quote relative to, uh, Juranovich leaving, um, that kind of fit with his prior interviews that I'd watched and listened to about him being a extremely ambitious professional. Um, and that's basically what he said with Dranovich. It's like, this guy's 28. You know, he's getting an opportunity to go play in a big five league that he's never had before. You know, hello. <laughs> that's what Ange just did. So, um, yeah. So I, all of it's kind of understandable. I, I think people settle down kind of like after what happened with, you know, the Eddie Hal collapse and then the, who the hell is this guy when Ange got announced and, uh, a lot of people going back to purge their Twitter feeds <laughs> with their initial response to Angie's ire, maybe. Um, so I think this will all kind of shake out. And I think over the duration of time, I think his role in what's happened the last two years will be, you know, his history kind of settles, um, f- fall very favorably. Mm. Well, as we'll discuss on this podcast, there are several names being thrown out for the job, one of which was Brendan Rodgers in the opening couple of days. And given the reaction to Brendan Rodgers and people potentially wanting him back, I think it's fair to say that once the dust settles on this, Ange will be uh, welcomed back at Celtic at any point, whether that's as a supporter or, you know, if things don't go too well then in England, he might end up back in Scotland. Who knows? But I, I personally feel Alan... That the last couple of years for me have been some of the most enjoyable, you know, as a Celtic fan, as a supporter. I don't think I've ever felt as connected to the club or the players or the story or the narratives or the manager in which I have been. And maybe that's because we've been doing this podcast as well and I've been engrossed in it. But at the same time, I still think that he did come in and one of the strongest things and one of the best things and one of the most important things to do as a football manager or anybody coming into a top level business even is to reconnect the people who are involved within the club with the club and what it's about and what they're trying to do and get everybody on board. And Ange really, really did that over the last couple of years, be that whether people want to think that it was all fake now, that's fine. That's their prerogative. But the feelings that we've gotten from him and from his team over the last couple of years were not fake. And I don't think that we should be tossing them to the side because he's gone and taken another job, to be honest. Well, now listen, you know, I think I summed it up with, you know, the, the classic sort of sad that it's over, but happy that it happened. Right. You know, we'll look back on this and realize that we had a world-class talent um, as our manager, which doesn't happen very often and certainly hasn't happened probably since, arguably since Jock Steen, as far as Celtic are concerned. So, um, you know, it is sad. I think the sadness comes from the fact that I think we, certainly I can only speak for myself really, obviously, but, you know, felt that it was probably going to be at best a three-year thing with Ange, and it's now two years. But, you know, this is the modern world. This is the digital age. Things move a little bit quicker. Um, You know, it's clear that Ange has been angling after after a next challenge for probably a few months' time, let's be honest with ourselves. But having said all that, listen, this is modern football. Um, we wouldn't have known about these things. We wouldn't have known that Martin O'Neill was lined up to go to Leeds United in 2003 um, at that time. And, you know, in this digital age, that would have been known. And we would probably have 
informed some of our opinions on Martin O'Neill, for example. So knowing, you know, in, in terms of the venal, horrendous business that is football, and I always hate the business, love the game, is this is a man, to my opinion, has conducted himself with the utmost in, integrity. The fact he's looking for his next position, to me, is perfectly natural for a world-class, talented person who's 58 years old, doesn't know how many more years he's got in him to be looking for the next opportunity. Um, he probably realises, you know, he's, listen, at the end of the day, he stayed and he did his job, right? Now, you could, you, some people walk away like Rogers did in the middle of the night. Some people, you know, drift off and it, and it all just falls to shit. He stayed and he did his job. He got the treble over the line uh, and, and he walked away with his head held high as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, he's got an opportunity which him and his family can't possibly turn, turn down. Um, I hope he gets the support and what have you in his new role that he deserves. I'm sure he'll be uh, a success. But listen, all of those things can be true, but also this isn't necessarily, this, you know, there are there are silver linings here. There really are silver linings for us as Celtic fans. You know, it does remain true that Ange has never won a trophy beyond his second year. It does remain true that the team looked like it was falling on its arse for a number of weeks. I was honestly, I'd set a quiz question. I mean, you know, people on the comments, please pile in in terms of when was the last 90-minute performance, right? And this is, you know, me and James have been kind of gently prodding at this, to be fair, I think, for quite a few weeks now, is when was the last great performance that the team put in? I can't remember, actually. I thought maybe the 4-0 at home to Aberdeen was pretty good, but, you know, maybe 3-0 win away at Hearts. But I'm really struggling to pin down what was the last 90-minute performance. Now, some of that might be... Um, to do with this, this squad have got a sense. I don't think Ange, as, as I've said before, is a difficult man to read. He may be that there have been signs within the building, within the squad, that um, actually this is, he seems to be drifting a little bit here. But having said that, the board haven't picked up on it, and that's pretty embarrassing until it seems to have come to, as a shock to them in the last week, which is incredible, actually, if you think about it. Um, or it might be, it who, might be. Alan, who, Alan, who would be it, shocked it, that this it, board is shocked about something? I know it might be that the players are simply, you know, how much Ange ball can one take, and how much, how many double training sessions, how many training harder than you play, can one can one group of players take? And I think there's a little bit of that in it. And I'm not trying to be smart after the event. These are all trends that are observable in the data. Mm. To come back to our raison d'etre here, these are all things that are there and have been there for some time. And I'm I'm bringing these up now because I would have got slaughtered if I'd brought them up. In, in any sort of hardball way over the, the last few weeks. But they, but they're nevertheless, the, the, you know, they, they are there. You know, Mar Marcello Bielsa, Bielsa, who, who, you know, Poscoglu's style very much um, is similar to, is famous for basically wearing everybody out. Um, I think, you know, Paul, Paul Brennan made a great point during the week that likening him to um, Jose Mourinho. And um, Mourinho's a horrible, cynical, defensive coach. But what he has in, in, in common with Poscoglu the relentless demands he placed upon his staff and upon his players. Now, he might do it in a more positive, grown-up way than Mourinho, um, but the results are the same. It's At the end of two years, everybody's exhausted. Mm. They're mentally exhausted. They're physically exhausted. And I think we might have been seeing a little bit of that in some of the performances. He may have been in a moment of self-reflection, and I'm just reaching here, to, I'll be honest with you, thinking, can I actually 
get improve this team to perform at a European level? Because I honestly don't think he could. And I'm not being clever here. I've been kind of hinting at this for some time, is that I've said this, this type of football doesn't scale to the Champions League level. And if he's not willing to compromise on his style, then maybe he doesn't think he can take it any further. Fair enough. But at the end of the day, he's a professional. He's 58 years old and he's been given an unbelievable opportunity from a financial perspective and from a visibility and, um, you know, um, you know, professional perspective to, 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 to further his career. And I've no harm mm. on, it, on him in taking that. He's left in the best way he possibly could right at the end of a season where we've got the maximum amount of time to regroup, the maximum amount of time to recruit. And the pressure now, all the pressure now, isn't on Ange, it's on the board, our board. You proved to us that by hiring Ange, that wasn't a fucking fluke, because I believe it was. I believe it was a fluke that we fell upon uh, Ange. You proved to us that you can come up with a coherent follow-up to, to, to what, what this man gave us for the last two years. Yeah, and you mentioned Mourinho there. Another name I would throw in is Pep Guardiola, the, the guy who usually comes in to replace those names is Carlo Ancelotti, who has a very laid-back approach. And um, Thomas Muller and some of the Bayern Munich players spoke about Pep Guardiola and just being so tired mentally after him, after a couple of years. And you're not really seeing it as much with Manchester City because he has an unlimited budget to replace and replenish the squad and get rid of Cancelo and these players so that he can always keep them on their toes. But you see that with these managers who demand so much tactically and mentally and physically that the squad does end up being very tired and depleted by the end of it. So, I mean, that that is potentially part of it. I do think you're correct in, in saying that the board probably flicked their way to Ange and I probably would well believe that as well. So the next couple of weeks are going to be interesting. We'll touch on who it's going to be and who the names are, early names are being thrown out in just one sec. But, I mean, James, like, when when you think about all that's going on in the last couple of months, it, the the signs were there. Potentially, you'd hope that the board were preparing themselves by the signs of it. They weren't. They were just trying to get Ange over the line. Now they're fighting for their lives to keep John Kennedy, who Ange wants to take with him to Spurs. There is also the potential that Ange will take a player or two with him if he feel, uh, feels like they're they're going to bring something to the table at a Premier League level. But all of this leads to the question now is, yeah, what what's this board going to do? Because the, the easy answer in the past was Peter Lawwell is holding the club back. This is now the opportunity for the quote-unquote new board to stamp their authority and say, this is a different Celtic than it has been in the last number of years. That's the, the real challenge here is to, uh, you know, without having any direct knowledge of the decision-making process that's gone on, we're left with uh, kind of playing astrology and connecting the stars. And, you know, I, I, I think the, given the history, uh, the pattern of the history of decision-making, or at least the outcomes from that, and then some of the reporting early in Angie's tenure, and then the subsequent, you know, and, and, and Alan's um, had better pipeline of information on this, uh, I've, I've had no uh, visibility, so to speak, on it, which is, you know, basically Ange and his agent being the recruitment wing of Celtic during his tenure. Um, 
that to me fits with the pattern going into this, which is Ange came into this situation, basically saw what was at his disposal in the club as far as deciding what players to bring in. It went the other direction, meaning that basically him and his agent sourced a bunch of players that they um, knew about. Um, and where does that leave us? Like that's, that's, this is what I and I've talked about for basically two seasons, which is, you know, rue the day when he departs because it seems like basically a one-man operation, you know, relative to his agent as well, uh, to, to some degree. Um, and, that, and, that, and that, you know, the, that's all speculation. Like maybe, maybe you know, the, the, the football operations, people were bringing stuff to his attention and for whatever reason, you know, he didn't like it or, you know, um, you know, what wasn't fond of, of the direction um, that those people were, were, were going, who, who knows, but given the, the historical pattern, um, you know, that this is going to be a big, big, uh, proving ground, so to speak. Um, and that's where I think that the, the names that are being raised are very interesting and we'll get into that, but you know, the, when people talk about the board, um, you know, I think that there's, as we saw with the the hiring process last time, uh, there seems to be various power centers in the board, shall we say, <laughs> and maybe philosophical differences um, with a with a you know with the patriarch sitting on top, and ultimately he's the one that's going to probably make the decision. And it, you know, depends on whether or not he can be persuaded to go a certain direction, or whether he asserts his power and uh, kind of pushes something through. That's kind of how I read things. Um, so we're left with, you know, trying to predict what Dermot Desmond's decision-making process is going to be. So I just want to turn into a tabloid pub publication here for, for just one minute. So yes, before I move yes. on to the, before I move on to the names, um, I just want to say that Tottenham are clearly a tiny club with uh, zero re resources, and there's no reason why Anne should have chosen Spurs over Celtic. So just want to get that 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 off the chest while we're we're acting as a tabloid publication. Next up on our agenda is who is going to be the next Celtic manager. So the names are this is the current odds, by the way. They're are obviously more names in line than this, but names are Bren Rogers is still favorite for the job, even though there are no new links barring what he said in an interview um, a couple of years ago. There seems to be nothing new on the story that Brendan Rogers is going to be the new Celtic manager. Another name that I'm going to try not to butcher because it's honestly the first time that I've seen the name. And that is Ketal Knutsen, who is a Norwegian coach. He is the Bodo Glimt manager. And then third on the list is Enzo Maresca, also previously uh, linked with the Celtic job. Des Buckingham in the last couple of hours has jumped up from about 30 to one earlier on to just over five to one. And then David Moyes, Kevin Muscat, John Kennedy, Jesse Marsh, et cetera, et cetera, are well down the list. But Des Buckingham, this is an interesting one. This is one I want to focus on for just one second because it ties in with the board. So as we all know, Peter Lawwell left his role uh, about a year and a half ago or a year ago, and his son, Mark Lawwell, joined the club. Now, Mark is, he is part of the 
direct. He's the head of first team scouting and recruitment. That's his official title with Celtic. But he was part of the City Group, as was Ange when he managed in Japan. And there seems to be this insinuation, Alan, that Celtic are a de facto City Group team. Now, the name Des Buckingham may not be uh, well known to everybody here. He was not known at all to me before uh, it became apparent on Twitter that he's going to be in the running and he's been photographed in Scotland already. He is manager of Mumbai FC, who are part of the City Group um, and doing well in the Indian Football League. So, Alan, do you, do, like, are you hearing anything from the people you know that Celtic are, you know, without naming them as a city group club are part of the city group or trying to adopt a city group model where they're eyeing up talent that are part of the clubs around the world like Ange was and Des Buckingham could actually be a potential name here or where do you see the whole idea of Celtic being part of the city group and what that means for them going forward and Mark Lawwell and the board? Yeah, I mean, well, Celtic aren't part of the city group in any formal way, but informally, it seems like there's a close connection. Um, there's uh, clearly, uh, you know, a familial connection as was between the Law family. Mark Law came from Man City as one of their uh, global heads of recruitment uh, and moved to Celtic. Um, and you know, there, Peter Law therefore has relationships and. Uh, uh, with that, as did as did Ange when he was manager at Yokohama, who are part of the City Group, and it does seem that all the names you mentioned really fall into two broad categories. One is Dermot Desmond's Rolodex of British and Irish uh, football people, and the other is um, you know people connected to the City Group. So that does seem to be the the, the boundaries around which you know within which Celtic seem to be operating. At the moment, now the, hopefully, you know, maybe or maybe there will be some left field uh, people that were, don't operate within those boundaries. Um, that might be a good thing. It might not. I don't know. Um, but that does seem to be the general sort of feeling. I mean, you know, Celtic do seem to be, an, like you say, an unofficial, um, non, non-economic um, extension uh, of the city group to some extent. And um, now that has that has it has its advantages. City group's incredibly successful as an operation in terms of you know, setting up football clubs, or forming partnerships, sharing knowledge, sharing um, best practice, being a proving ground for a consistent set of coaching principles and um, culture to the, you know, breed young players, young coaches, etc. So there are clearly benefits to that. Um, you know, the name of, uh, I think it's Des Buckingham, who's been a, a very successful coach at youth level with New Zealand and uh, with teams in Australia and now with Mumbai City, but before that with another Indian club, but again, all within the sort of city, city group um, framework. Um, the, you know, the, the something that popped up on one of my WhatsApps was the idea that, you know, he would then form a, a partnership with Maresca, who's one of Guardiola's um, assistants, um, Rodolfo Burrell has popped up on Twitter quite a bit. He's another one of um, of um, Guardiola's assistants. All these things are very interesting. Um, I'm very sceptical. I come back to what is it that we need, right? And and for me, what we need to focus on is one fundamental fact, which is that if you win the Scottish Premier League next season, you get direct entry into the Champions League. And that is all that we should have in our mind. That is the target. I don't care about the Cups, particularly. Um, I hope we make a good fist of it in Europe. But we absolutely have to win the league next season because we get direct entry 
into the Champions League group stages. And it's the only surefire way of financially transforming a club like Celtic is to continue to be in that environment that would then make it three seasons in a row. So recruitment, and I'm sorry if I'm sounding a bit short-termism and it might not be what people expect from what I've said in the past, but we should absolutely be focused on winning that league next season above everything else. So hire Brendan Rodgers? Well, to me, that would be the, the, the least... I don't even know if he's available in terms of... I know he's available, he's not got a job. Yeah. I don't even know if he's interested, no idea. But in terms of the names that you've just mentioned, he would be he would be my number one pick because he would be the safest option to get to that goal. And probably actually the season after, because it's likely the season after we'll get guaranteed Champions League football. Brendan Rodgers, whatever you might putting everything else to one side for one moment, you know, he 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 succeeded at Liverpool till he didn't, and that was I think in his fourth season. He succeeded at he never lost a trophy at Celtic. He's arguably Leicester City's most successful manager of all time, right? When he was there, mm-hmm. and um, I know I know um, Ranieri won the Premier League, but I think they were 14th the year before and the 12th or 11th the year after. Rodgers took them within two or three points of the Champions League on two consecutive seasons, and then they finished eighth. And then on the again, it all fell apart in the fourth season. But you've got to remember that every season that he was at Leicester, they were selling their best players, and he was having to buy lesser players, right? So. To me, Brendan Rodgers is is a top, top, top coach. And he would be, to me, to meet the short-term objectives over the next two years, which would help to grow the club to, to an enormous degree. He would be the obvious, he's, he's the most obvious candidate. I have no idea whether we're interested in him, no idea whether he's interested yeah. in Celtic. I would, I would be astonished if that were the case, to be honest with you. But to me, that's the most sensible well, choice. Well, let's tease this out a bit then, James, because for me... I hate the idea of Brendan Rodgers because, not because of anything to do with coaching. Actually, I agree with everything that Alan has said there. I think he's a brilliant manager who has a track record at every club that he's been at. But unfortunately, he also does have a track record at every club that he's been at of leaving the club in disarray, having brought in players who do not sell on very well, end up end up with a bulky squad that you can't sell on like he did at Celtic, did the exact same at Leicester, Liverpool to a lesser degree because he didn't get a chance, but still did it slightly at at Liverpool as well. But is there an argument to be made that Celtic actually do need to plan short term? Because now if you look at it, Brennan Rodgers left for Leicester after two and a half years. Ange has left after two years. Celtic is a stepping stone club for players. Should Celtic now act as if their club is almost, in many cases, a stepping stone for a manager, get someone in who's trying to uh, either improve his managerial CV like Ange or to rebuild his managerial CV like Brendan Rodgers and just go for a two-year person who's going to come in, do the job for two years, continue the success at the level, don't mess with the transfer system too much. Still keep the player trading model, but plan for two years in many ways. Don't plan for a dynasty. Because I think that's the trap that Celtic almost fell into with Ange, is that it felt like it was going to become a dynasty, and now he's gone after two years. Yeah, so this comes back to the same thing I've said since we started the show, which is that the... um 
the model that Celtic needs to figure out is how to pipeline the ability to source talent on a consistent basis and, and to do it in alignment with um, their peer group at the European level. And, you know, any reasonable benchmarking for that, it's been a failure. So uh, the academy is in shambles, I would, I would say. I mean, just look at what's happened in the last three or four years relative to the departures and a lack of a coherent progression of players. I mean, they're trying to scramble. Some of that's not their fault because of, you know, the, the requirements in Scotland, that kind of thing. It's, it's, I'm not saying it's easy, but what I'm saying is, you know, wh- whether you try to um, look for different models at clubs that are doing it well, whether it's an Ajax, whether it's a Benfica, whether it's a Bodo Glimt, um, you know, whether it's a Brighton, you know, there's different models to, to accomplish it. And um, the manager as God model is not that. Uh, there is no contemporary model to do that consistently over the long term where you're empowering an individual who's very likely only to be there for a couple of years, maybe three. Uh, so this is the, the deal with the devil that we made with Ange um, was that we basically made him the God and now he is left and we're stuck back where we were two years ago. Um, so without coming up with a, and again, maybe that's what Lawwell was brought into. Mark Lawwell was brought in. Maybe he's that person. Maybe he's the visionary that's going to put forth some kind of dynamic uh, Celtic centric model. I mean, we're not just mimicking, trying to mimic Man City or we're not mimicking Salzburg. We, we need to come up with a, a, a unique, you know, framework that, capitalizes upon hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. On the inherent strengths of Celtic while managing the inherent weaknesses and, you know, figure it out. And and that's, I don't think, I'm, I'm fine with Brendan Rod. I'm fine with really any of these people as head coaches um within a range but you know but there's a big but here like they need the players and and that's you know how are we getting the talent in the door in order to facilitate not only winning the league next year but progressing in europe and that's going to be and this is why i've been harping on this idea that Ange's recruit the recruitment under Ange was not that good um and that was reflected in the issues that we've had in europe the last two seasons um, so, you know, how do we go back to that kind of fundamental issue and, and improve 
the talent that we're bringing in um, mm. because that facilitates the player trading model, obviously. Uh, and, and that's the real issue now is that, you know, it's in the news. Matt O'Reilly, Kyogo, like our best players, very Jota, like those three people, Abad is probably going. Like that creates a lot of resources probably. So we're going to be flush with cash in order to allocate it in a smart way. Who do we trust to be doing that? Like what, you know, maybe Mark Lawwell's the guy. I don't know. But, you know, where's the evidence of that? in his tenure so far. And it's such a, you know, a Borg environment at Man City. I mean, there is no individual person. That's a structure of a lot of smart people um, that Celtic doesn't have. So are we tapping into that somehow indirectly to get, you know, the intellectual firepower of some of those people to identify talent? Um, You know, who knows, but I I haven't seen any evidence of it yet. Um, So we can hope, but I don't think, Rogers or Maresca or Jesse Marsh or even uh, Knutson. I'll try it. I'll try it myself uh, from Bodo Glimp. I don't think any of those people necessarily um, address that problem. Well, that's the key reason why I have my biggest concerns about Rogers is that whatever about Ainsley, even I don't necessarily agree that we're in the same place as we were two years ago because we didn't have the Kyogo, Jota, Abada, Matt O'Reilly products to sell. We literally had just a full bloated squad of older players who had no value. I think Frimpong was the only player that we had that we sold for anything worthwhile and that was for probably five to ten million less than we probably should have gotten for him. Um, I think the squad's in a much better place but that's why I don't think it's a Rogers type that Celtic need because you need the manager to be replaceable. You need the model that, that I think that's kind of what you're saying as well is that the manager should always be replaceable. The squad should always continue to evolve regardless of who the manager is. It's sort of like what Brighton are doing. Brighton have just agreed this, this morning that Alexis McAllister, a world cup winning midfielder is going to Liverpool you can almost guarantee they're going to have a midfielder that's going to be suited to that squad already signed and, and scouted and ready to go. And even if Deserby left in the morning, it would be the exact same player that they wanted in the midfield to replace uh, Alexis McAllister, regardless of who that manager is. That's the system that Celtic need. To And I know it's much, much harder to do it at Scottish level. You're probably not getting perfect suits. But the manager should always be replaceable. The player should always be the same type of players, regardless of who the manager is. So Alan, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty tough task. And given the history that Celtic have, I don't think they're ready for that. I don't, it's, it's such a difficult decision to whether you, you either go full blowing into that model and take the risks with a Des Buckingham or whoever it is, or you go back to a Brendan Rodgers. Let me just say, I have to, I have to say, I hope it's not, not, I hope it's not 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 booking him because I'm going to be laughing at his name for the entirety of his, his tenure. But essentially what I'm saying is that we should, no, you can, and and you can then therefore not have the structures that you've talked about. So because Celtic are so, um, behind the times in terms of their football operations, a manager like Ange Postacoglu makes perfect sense because he mitigates the fact that your football operations are not modern, that you don't have all this, um, you know, advanced, you know, scouting, advanced, um, 
youth development, advanced um, analysis, etc. Always being, you know, you've always got a list of people to replace the manager. Uh, you've, oh, you've, you've, you've got you've got consistency running through the organisation. If you don't have that, then a manager like Ange comes in can be incredibly successful, and he was. Now that Ange has left, it just it, what I, what it does really is illustrate the threadbare nature of the talent that's in the organisation from a football operations perspective at Celtic. So bringing in a Des Buckingham or a Enzo Moresco or a Rodolfo Burrell, who've never you know managed a professional football team in their lives uh, at this level, uh, isn't isn't going to be the answer. Right. This is what I'm saying. Until you don't build that football infrastructure, you might as well get the best manager in that's going to get us over the line to win the freaking league and get into the Champions League because that's such a big prize. And it's such a big prize, A, to give to your rival, but B, to help grow the football club. But whilst you're doing mm. that, you need to be modernising the football club at the same time is the unsaid thing that I should have said as well. But there's no point yeah. giving but it But I think to that's a question, though, Alan, isn't it? Though? Can, you, can you actually... Until, until we've got that infrastructure. But Sorry, Alan, to cut across you, but can you... Can you do that while you bring in a manager? Let's let's just say it is Brendan Rodgers because that's the easiest thing to do. A manager like Brendan Rodgers comes in. He did the exact same at Leicester who had a good scouting system. He comes in. He wants his players. He demands his players. He brings in his players. Can you build the football infrastructure and operations and also manager or hire a manager who wants full control? Because that's the thing that Celtic are going to be battling with here. Well, as I say, this is the square that you know, this circle that has to be squared. We have to win the league next season. I come back to it. I don't care what, what you know. This is where we are today, right? Short term, we have to win the league next season. That's to me, that's non-negotiable, right? In the meantime, we also have to build a modern football organisation. I'm saying that, right? I'm ex- I'm expecting the board to be on board with the first uh, objective. I have no idea if they're on board with the second objective, and that's the issue, right? And I can't influence mm. that, obviously. And we can't influence that easily. So, to my mind, you know, at least at least get the first objective, um, you know, uh, achieved. Because then, what you do is is what is already. Uh, James and I have talked about this. Celtic have got today, um, in the context of Scottish football, and this will be discussed on the upcoming pod with uh, Kieran Maguire, in Scottish terms, a significant financial advantage over every other club in Scotland. But it isn't enough. It isn't enough to guarantee that we'll win the league because the current quality of the rest of the SPFL is so low that um, a, a Rangers side that is well behind Celtic financially only, is only two two wins and a draw away from topping Celtic in the league. That's that's the margin because the rest of Scottish football is so poor. Okay, but. If we can get Champions League football for the next two years, even our board must realise that gives them the breathing space to then take some risks with building a modern football structure and maybe getting that that young, up-and-coming, dynamic coaching team in who are effectively fungible in terms of the football operation continues in a, in a consistent way and, and, the, and the managers come and go. Um, I think Paul Brennan actually said it brilliantly today. At the moment... The manager is the spanner. We need the manager to become the cog, right? And the football club operation turns around, and and is, he's not the one that's cranking the wheel. That's where we need to get to. We we'll put all of that in jeopardy if we don't take that Champions League 
bounty for the next two seasons. So we have so in lieu of having that mature football operations, my view is we just simply have to get that over the line. Uh, and that's and I know that's not the right answer. It's not the answer I want to give you, but that's the way yeah. I see it today. We've gone through two managers now in the space of our huddle breakdown history as a podcast, Neil Lennon first and then Ange Postacoglu. James, it's been two different various uh, styles and management styles and personalities. And um, I know which one I personally enjoyed more, but what do you think is the best one to go for style-wise, forgetting about philosophies or overarching recruitment levels for the squad that we currently have to make progress in the Champions League and to win the league? What style of manager do you think Celtic need? Well, I, I think that's the one of the most difficult aspects of this transition is that Ange was, is obviously during, was during his tenure at Celtic, um, you know, a cult of personality. And I mean that in a largely positive way, meaning that he's such a big character um, that you know, it's a difficult show, so to speak, to follow. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it's like a stand-up comic that has an opener that's, you know, tears the house down, puts, you know, the blows the 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 roof off of the the theater. And then how do you follow that up? And so I, I think it's very, I think it's unreasonable to expect whoever they hire to be able to come in and fill that void uh, with the support in particular um, in, in almost the, you know, like a blind faith buy-in um, because of the leadership and the character and the persona that, that Ange had. Um, and that's, that's, I think that's why it's really difficult. I mean, I, he was affect, you know, despite the kind of chaos that he walked into and the initial, like, who's this guy, he was able to get the support on board, even though the first month to eight weeks was a bit of a mess, quite frankly. Um, and you didn't hear the, you know, the knives being out, so to speak, uh, with any significance during that period. And I think that was a testimony to him and his talent in that regard. You know, whoever they hire, if they get off to a rough patch in the first four to eight weeks, I don't think they're going to get that kind of, um, you know, level of, of forgiveness or patience out of the support. Um, and that's even within, you know, ignoring the context of what's going on, like society and culturally and how people's daily lives are really stressed out right now. I mean, this, you know, so again, I think the power of Ange cannot be underestimated and I'm not talking about like mystical, crazy stuff. I'm just saying, you know, how he was able to rally and get a community of people together to buy in behind him and to sell that message. And again, that's I, the dual edged sword. I think that's why there's such an emotional response to him leaving um, is because he was so effective at doing that. I, it's just not going to, it's not likely to happen. Let's say, you know, mm. this, you know, uh, uh, the guy with the porn star name, what's his name? Uh, Buckingham. What's his, that's his first name. Des Buckingham. Yeah. Des Buckingham comes in. What are the chances that I saw? I looked at his date of birth. Like he's 10 years younger than me. It's driving me nuts, right? So he's going to come in with the, this kind of job. Or even Maresca, he's, you know, he's in his early 40s. Hasn't, neither of these guys have been tested at any kind of reasonable pressure cooker level. That for him to come into Glasgow at Celtic in, in isolation would be a huge ask. 
then to do it following up on Ange in the middle of a cost of living crisis where the UK economy is in the toilet, where people's, you know, when food bank utilization is off the charts, like this is like a crazy job that somebody's going to be coming into as far as challenge comes. Um, and, you know, so there's a lot of externalities here that I, it's just going to be a really tough, um, so they almost have to hit the ground running. And then again, we're back to this issue where material parts of the squad may be leaving, uh, understandably. And quite frankly, I would argue they should be within a reasonable player trading model. You know, that kind of two to three season timeline, that's when they should be moving on. Um, so again, th- this is such a huge ask for the board. And it's a board, again, that has not displayed, you know, a, 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 an ability um, to, 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 to do this <laughs> with any consistency. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's where I, that's I agree. With, I agree with Alan to a degree that about Brendan Rodgers. Like the problem with Rodgers is he's got the baggage of the way he left. Right. He would be the kind of person that would come in. That's not Jesse Marsh. Like, I don't know who knows Je- that, that. That's not no. Jesse Marsh either. Like, no. right. No. Um, no, that's not Graham Potter. So, 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 so if, if gosh, if only if only there was somebody who had a history of following a manager, taking his players and then winning. Oh, there is Kevin Muscat. He's done it twice. He's done it twice. He followed. He literally followed Ange Postecoglou to two jobs at Melbourne Victory and at Yokohama today with his current role, which, as we all know, is a demanding job in a demanding league. And he's taken Ange Postecoglou players and he's evolved the squad to be successful and to win titles um, on the back of on, on the back of that. So, I mean, to me, after Brendan Rodgers, that would be a, an eminently sensible step to take and it also ticks yeah. the you know it ticks the city group box as well you know so th- th- that t- those to me are the, the absolutely obvious scream out loud you know solutions to to the current predicament because to me if i if, if enzo, enzo maresca just i don't pick it on the guy i don't really know a lot about him but you know if if, if you were if you were Dermot desmond if you were recruiting senior people in any other business you'd be looking at him saying you've applied for this job so you're, you're 45 years old you've never coached a football team in your life why are you applying for Celtic why don't you fuck off and coach Fleetwood at Athletic or Burton Albion for, for a couple of years and you know, learn your bloody trade why, why, why are you here right? That's, that's what I'd be, that would be my challenge that would literally be my challenge to, to Enzo, Enzo Marasco etc you know, Graham Potter is, you know, is, is failed at the first big club that he went to you know, he's a, he's a brilliant coach of small teams with limited expectations. He's done absolutely fantastic. Can he handle Celtic? Well, the evidence at Chelsea was no, he couldn't. Now, he might be able to. I don't know, right? It could be the sort of redemption story he needs. Um, Jesse March, you know, yeah, he, he was successful in a dominant Salzburg team in, 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 in Austria, but he absolutely failed miserably at Leeds. He pissed everybody off. He pissed them players off, the supporters, the board. He played horrible, chaotic football. You know, what, what is in there that makes you think this is going to be a great Celtic manager? Our friend Ketel Knutson, right? He's 52 years old. He's won uh, two Norwegian titles and I think three years ago had a, an amazing run to the semi-finals of the Europa League, maybe, when they hammered Mourinho's uh, Roma, right? 
and they hammered Celtic. If I was a senior recruiter and I've got this guy in front of me, I'm saying to him, you've had all the success. You're 52 years old. Why are you still there? Why didn't you bugger off two years ago and get a, a, a job in Poland or Germany, a reasonably sized club and really, you know, where's your, where's your drive, man? Where's your ambition? You know, you know that that's what Ange had, right? So none none of the options in front of us are good ones. The only two that I can see that are that make complete sense to me to meet the short term objectives and give the board space to sort the bloody club out are, are Rogers and Muscat. I swear to God, I thought you were going to say Neil Lennon there. <laughs> I, genu- I, I genuinely thought you were going to say Neil Lennon there. <laughs> They're all really good points. Like um, the, the one counterpoint that I would make to your point, Alan, is that Ange was, what, 56 or 55 when he took over Celtic and hadn't managed in Europe. So, you know, I know he had, you know, he had managed he, Australia. He, at the Yokohama's World was a big club, I would won. argue. I, yeah, he managed, and, and he managed fine, the national but, team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. left and, every and job. That's fine, but he, to, to, to the question himself. was every job. Yeah. yeah, the the question was he's fifty five. Why hasn't he got a big big job yet? Um, and it just it just he just never got the opportunity, you know. So like, I'm I'm not saying that Moreska is the same because it's not. But you know, you can also make the debate that Mikel Arteta, if he wasn't a professional football player, what had he done as a coach to deserve the Arsenal job? And he's done a fantastic job. You know, just because you haven't done the big job doesn't mean you're not capable of the big job but i get what i get the idea that you're putting across in terms of risk that to get the short-term success celtic need that they you know probably shouldn't be risking it on a maresca or a, um, so, you know whoever else under, 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 sorry james under, under the under the yeah. sort of real, informal relationship with the city group we got a genuinely world-class manager Postacoglu. if the next offering is is essentially a work experience assistant manager. That is some that is some climb down. That is some climb down. Yeah, and I so I, I actually I had mentioned this on a, on a couple of prior occasions that um, you know Muscat was kind of an obvious um, uh, potential candidate. The, uh, the fact that he played, I think it was twenty nine appearances at Rangers twenty years ago, <laughs> is you know maybe. Well, I don't care, but some people I've already seen it like uh, on Twitter, like th- there's an element of the support that's going to care about that. And again, that comes back to this issue of, you know, walking in behind Ange and then, you know, having that kind of baggage, uh, a-, a normal transition here because of the potential for turnover in, in the squad. Um, I would agree. He would ameliorate that to a degree because he would be playing presumably a very similar style of play yeah exactly so i i think he would ameliorate that but again this comes back to the 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 vision issue which is is playing ange ball the way that we should be going relative to competing in europe and i think that's a huge question because i i agree question yeah Yeah. right right so that's the strategic aspect of this so i muscat to me makes complete sense all in if we're going to play that way should we be playing that way? So that's where you get back to a guy like Knutson, where he's kind of got a little bit of a different way of going about it. Very similar, but he's shown the ability to adjust in a way at that level that, quite frankly, Ange hasn't. Um, and But the issue there comes back to what's the attribution? Like, why has Bodo Glimp been so good? And it's because of what they've been able to do 
with their youth system and their it's development the, the of players and the their, culture, the, the culture the of their culture, academy. Yeah. Right. Also so, helps that they play in the Arctic Circle. Well, right, to a degree, on the margins, absolutely. In, in Europe, um, yeah. Right, but how is that guy going to walk in? And I've, you know, I've, again, I, I don't know anything about him other than I read this week that his assistant, I guess, his number two is like vitally important to him. So are those guys going to plop down at Celtic and all of a sudden completely overhaul the academy system that's in an environment that's different than Norway with the, you know, the entrenched powers of people that have been at Celtic for years and years and years. I don't, you know, I'm skeptical maybe. Um, so is his, you know, what's driven his success is that replicable at Celtic because again it's about sourcing talent and players and that's the one thing with all these guys at the City Group is that you know Mariska went to Parma tough top you know I'm not judging him on 14 games or whatever it was no. but he didn't have the pipeline of talent coming in uh you know this guy at Mumbai he's getting the talent like that Ange he got talent so come into Yokohama and again that's <laughs> Muscat has basically picked up the baton from Ange and done pretty much the same thing. I mean, he I think he won the league last season um, with, with a much lower wage bill than Vassell. Uh, so, you know, to, to, again, it comes back to how do you source talent and do it over a long period of time? Mm. Is the Bodo Glimt assistant manager the Michael Beal of Norwegian football? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> the mastermind yes or 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 maybe uh more timely the fact that it looks like we might be losing john kennedy which again if you talk about institutional um dna and culture and memory again i don't i don't know john i i have no idea the inner workings but from what i've heard and, you know, Brendan Rogers and Ange both seem to think very highly of the guy. It's what I've heard. He's a really bright individual. He's a really smart person uh, within the context of football. So, you know, there's another vacuum. Not only will it be Ange gone, if John Kennedy leaves, where's that center of, you know, institutional um, memory? And, you know, it, it's a, that's a huge challenge. Bring back Damien Duff. That's what I say. He's got first team experience at this point. <laughs> Maybe Liam Scales should retire and become a coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Right. Um, we're going to be. We're going to have plenty of time to discuss this because it doesn't look like Celtic are going to have a manager in the next week or so. Hopefully, it's not in the next few hours before I get this podcast out and up on YouTube because we'll look like fools otherwise. But I, I highly doubt that as well. Um, bigger fools, bigger fools, well, Ender. Well, well, that's true. You can't make a fool look a fool. So that's where we'll park the conversation for this week. Um, hopefully, we will get the Karen Maguire interview out to you next week as the podcast. Should Celtic not appoint a manager before then? If they do, and if it's if it's in a reasonable period, and if it suits our schedules. We will put both of them episodes out because I don't want to sit on the Kieran Maguire interview for too much longer. So that will be next week's podcast. And if Celtic appoint a manager between now and then, we will try and record another podcast and have a look at that. Well, it could be Des Buckingham. Who knows? Because he's in Glasgow already. Alan, you want to you wanna say a final point? Here? Are we wrapping up the show without an in-depth discussion on that wonderful display on Saturday? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I- I'll, I'll give you 10 seconds to uh, get to a deep dive on the Inverness one. 
Yeah. Right, guys, thanks very much. Um, no comment. <laughs> yeah. Take care. Bye. Time to play the game! <laughs> it's all about the game, and how you play it, all about control. And if you can take it, all about your death. And if you can play it, it's all about pain. And who's gonna make it? I am the game, you don't wanna play me I am control, no way you can shake me I am heavy debt, no way you can pay me I am the pain, and I know you can't take me Look over your shoulder, ready to run Like a cleaning bitch from a smoking gun I am the game, and I make the rules So move on out, you can die like a fool Try to figure out what my mood's gonna be Come on over, sucker, why don't you ask me don't you forget there's a price you can pay Cause I am the game and I want to play Ha, ha, ha.